Welcome to Maximum Mom with Elise Buey, where you'll hear from women who are navigating the same messy journey as you. Lawyering, entrepreneurship, and mothering, what a trifecta. We're here to share tips, resources, wins, losses, and encouragement for moms who are raising a family while building a law firm. So you feel less alone in your journey toward a fulfilling career and being the best mom you can be. Welcome. Happy Monday. Thanks for joining me on the Maximum Mom podcast. And today I have Jennifer Nelson, who is like real estate guru. She owns a real estate firm, which we're going to talk about because she has some interesting things. She has partners, which we lawyers always are fascinated by partnerships. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Glad to be on it. It's fun. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Well, first, I always just like to get this stuff out the gate. Let's talk about what makes you a mom. Like, why are you on the Maximum Mom podcast? Tell us about your family. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Ruthie, my daughter, Maxine Ruth, she goes by Ruthie, is now five, five and a half years old. Can you believe that? I know. She was just a baby. In fact, she said to me this morning, mom, carry me like a baby. And I was like, don't start with me. I love this. I already miss her as a little, a little, little. But uh, let's see. She was adopted uh, when she was two years old. We had her from birth. So we got her from uh, a woman who could not care for her physically and mentally. Uh, she was a special needs woman who uh, got pregnant. And, and then through the state, we were able to get her right from the hospital right after she was born. So it was pretty awesome. She was a little five pound, seven ouncer and brought her home. And then for two years, sort of had her without knowing if we could keep her yet because they do have to go through the whole thing. So that was incredibly anxiety filling, but got to adopt her when she was two and now she's five and a half. So yeah, we had one hour notice, Elise, by the way, one hour notice. Yep. Yep. No called, way. Yep. Called the state on another little infant boy. And they said, I'm sorry, his grandmother took him. And they said, oh, by the way, since I've got you on the phone, not kidding. This is a by the way. Mm-hmm. There's a little girl that was just born at the UW. And you need to tell us in an hour if you're going to come pick her up. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. my. Yep. <laughs> ramp up. Oh yeah. No, none of that. I none mean, that. literally we're driving to target on our way to UW to get a car seat. Just even that she slept in a drawer her first night. Cause we pulled out a drawer, pulled out the clothes and we're like, well, this will work. I mean, we had nothing. We had friends driving to target to get like, you know, whatever you need for an infant. It was intense. Yeah. Wow. So, a little bit dropped into it. That's amazing. Yeah. That is so amazing. I find though adoption to be just one of the most just beautiful and amazing things. I mean, I'm adopted, so I'm probably kind of just biased towards the whole idea of people who take on children. And I mean, literally you chose to be a mom, like in (laughs) such a profound way. True. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. And I love that. But in watching you and Ruthie's adventures on social media, like Ruthie is a doll. I mean, she yeah. just, she is very precocious, I think, for her. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yes. Yeah. What did she tell me the other day? Mom, I'm in charge of my body. And I wanted to be like, well, uh, okay, except for the parts about eating and sleeping and other parts I'm in charge of. But yes, I want you to learn that uh, because you are, especially as a little girl, right? Absolutely. she's, She's quite a personality. Oh, she is. But it just seems like she's able to flow with things like watching your cousin, you know, adventures where she's with these 
bigger cousins. Oh yeah. And Way bigger. Yeah. Do they just dote all over her? Of course. She's the youngest, which is perfect. Right. I love it. So I'm the youngest of three girls. And then my brother was adopted later. So there's adoption throughout my whole family. My sister, Stephanie has adopted two daughters mm-hmm. and my brother Paris was adopted. And then uh, my dad's uh, brother adopted five uh, children. So there's adoption throughout our entire family. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome though. I mean, because then for Ruthie, there's not, you know, I think in some families adoption is unique. So it kind of can feel, I would think a little off-putting, you know, in the children, but in your family, it sounds like it's just part of the routine. Yeah, yeah a part for the course. Yeah. That is awesome. Awesome. adopting. Yeah. Well, tell us now about your life as an entrepreneur. I mean, I mentioned you're a real estate agent and you do own your own business, which seems like it has some different legs to it. I mean, I know of your business as both a real estate firm, but also you've done the wedding venue place. And I mean, tell us about your journey. Yeah, thank you. So gosh, real estate started for me 19 years ago. I was working as the Dean of Students for uh, University Prep up north. And I bought my first house and I was like, hmm, okay, that was kind of fun. And I've always loved sales, but I've never loved salesy people or a product. Like I thought if I have to sell sunglasses, I'll hate them pretty soon. Boring. But if I could work on a service level and sort of always be upping my game and changing that, that would be interesting. And I'm probably ADD. I've never been diagnosed, but I've self-diagnosed for sure. So, so I do think all realtors on some level are ADD. Anyway, so I bought my first house that I think I can do this, got licensed, went for it and just jumped in. Like they said, you got to jump in. You cannot do this Habsies still working in the school and I'm still doing that. No, nope, doesn't work that way. So they said, have a couple months reserve, which I barely had. And I was like, let's go and jumped in. And real estate has been so fun. I've enjoyed it. I mean, there's ups and downs, of course, but it's an adventure. Like every day is different. And I love that about it. Never boring. Um, anyway, worked for a couple big firms, Windermere, some other firms, and then decided, you know what? Windermere is a great company, but it's a giant ship, right? And so they can't be as nimble as we wanted to be. So we kind of kept banging our head against the wall with some changes we thought we should make. And I was in management at the time. And so a couple of us decided to start our own deal. And that was another big leap of faith. Like, okay, here we go. So we found this space down in Soto where I am right now, actually. Um, We named it Metropolis, which is fun. Some of our, one of the persons working for us was like, you should name it this name. And at first we were like, I don't know. Oh, okay. And it stuck with us and we're, we're excited about it anyway. And we bought or not bought, but we rented this space because we wanted um, to have a couple different things going on. So if you've ever been in a real estate office, they're terrible, terrible, right? Super low ceilings that light that like sucks the life out of you. There's no aesthetic, whatever. And yet we're talking about a a company that helps you buy a beautiful home. So it's weird that the majority of offices really are terrible. So um, we wanted a pretty space. And so we found the space that could be pretty, that could accomplish us having client parties, which we do four or five times a year in it. It's a 7,000 square foot warehouse down in Soto. And it allows people to come from all over. It's pretty centrally located. A lot of real estate companies do neighborhoods 
So, right, it's your neighborhood, John L. Scott or Windermere. We didn't want to be associated with a neighborhood because we really work all over Seattle on the east side. So it enabled us to be more nimble in that way. And then when you own your own company, kind of the goods and the bads of that are that you are the buck stops with us, right? right. Like, so there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of we clean toilets and sweep things in addition to all the other. There's no glamour in owning, by the way. And then um, the other part, the, the fun part is, though, that we get to do things that represent our values because it's just us running the ship. So, uh, so yeah, it's been fun. I think that's amazing. And boy, do you bring up some good points. I mean, Talk about no glamour. I mean, I think it's so important, though, that people understand that when they're thinking about entrepreneurship. I mean, I was reading something recently and somebody was like, well, you know, the whole reason I kind of went out on my own is I really want to work 40 hours a week. And I was like, dude, where did you get that idea? (laughs) What were you reading? (laughs) It's a lie. It's a lie. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, don't you feel like you work harder than ever before, but somehow there's a, it's your baby. It's your thing. You put your creative energy into it. And I mean, I'd rather work a hundred hours for myself any day over 40 hours for somebody else. Amen to that. I could never go back. I mean, you know, just the idea of having um, a boss seems silly to me because I'm I'm my own boss now. I know how to, I know how to do this. Yeah. You can boss you. (laughs) You got it for sure. And boy, when stuff doesn't get done, there's no one else to blame. Right. Exactly. Well, there's something to be said. I think I find it very empowering to look in the mirror when there's a mistake, a problem, something didn't get done. And I'm like, well, Elise, you are the end of this. And it's like, you know, you've got to own that. And to me, it's really empowering because then you're able to fix it too. I mean, if that's what you want to do, and obviously you can stick your head in the sand sand and not fix it, but you know, still blame it on someone else. You know, we have a thing too that I think real estate, and then I'll just say, you know, more boldly entrepreneurship. I think people that are successful on any level at this have to do a lot of personal growth stuff because this stuff brings it all up. It's sort of like when people say you have a kid and you never knew all your junk. Oh boy. If you start a business too, more of your junk shows up. So uh, there really is this like, personal growth journey to being an entrepreneur where you totally. have to face your own, like ju- just be like, Oh man, that's an excuse I've been using for years and I can't use it anymore. Shoot. You know, so it may, Oh, I think it's been absolutely the most growth I've ever had in the yeah. last six years of owning yeah. my firm. And I mean, I, I, you know, a part of me is like, gosh, I wish I could have gone back, you know, and learned all the things I know now and have put them into place, you know, but obviously that's not how life works. I mean, we get to just, you know, take it as it comes when we get it, but it has been, I think, so eye opening. And I mean, for me, one of the big things was learning not to take things so personally, like truly understanding that all kinds of things happen around me and it has nothing to do with me, you know, and that it's just, there's just things all going on. And they often tell a story about whoever I'm dealing with, you know, but to really be able to step back and not take things personally, that was a real struggle for me. Cause I definitely, I think was a people pleaser much more at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey than I am now and really understanding you know, I can only control my own reactions, my own behaviors, you know, and I can't always control those things around me. 
For sure. And then just that whole thing of like asking more questions because I'm the personality that likes to like sum it up and take control and make a move and whatever, instead of just like slowing down and going, Oh, I wonder if I should ask more questions right now that would help me not come to a false conclusion of protection because I do take it personally, but I'm trying to not because I'm a tough businesswoman. So I'm just going to sum it up as, you know, instead of saying like, Oh, all I have to do is be like, Hey, are you, Hey seller. The reason you're sort of acting the way you're acting, maybe because you're stressed out because this is a big deal and they get to go. Yeah. And then I get to go, Oh, well, it has nothing to do with me. Right. Nothing to do with me. And yet I would have in the past just been like, well, they're such jerks or they're whatever, make a conclusion that's exactly. not even true, right? So yes, for sure. Oh, I think it is such a good idea when you mentioned asking more questions. I mean, I was talking to our newest employee this morning and I, I mean, I had to admit, you know, as I'm sitting there having this conversation, I said, you know, I've been told a bunch of times that I can be really blunt. Like I'll just, you know, respond to emails like, no, yes, maybe, <laughs> look it up, you know, (laughs) Google it. I mean, whatever. Like, and I said to him, I said, you know, historically I got like 600 emails a day and I am a zero inbox girl. Like I get through those emails. So I would read them quickly and just respond. I mean, just as bare minimum. And so people though, were taking my very blunt responses as Elise is mad at me or, oh my gosh. And I thought, so I literally give him this whole thing. I was like, don't ever assume I'm angry. Like, cause it's not really the thing. I'll tell you if I am. <laughs> and exactly. I said, that will be obvious, you know, cause I would have called you first, but I said, if they're short and blunt, just take it as I'm busy. I'm going through something. And I said, you know, every so often I'll throw in a, how's your grandma? And you know, what did you do this weekend? <laughs> I said, but that means I'm like, you know, sitting somewhere and I have like more time. And it was so interesting because I do think we have to ask more questions and know, and, but we have to know ourselves in how we come across. Totally. And I did not realize, cause I don't think of myself as a boss. Like that is not, I don't let anyone call me boss. I don't think of it like that, but I've come to understand that everyone else thinks of it like that, even though I do not. <laughs> That's right. And so I have to be mindful of my, of how I'm perceived by my team. And it's, I just find that all the learning that goes into that is fascinating. And I mean, that's a whole nother part-time job, you know, to work on my behaviors. (laughs) Exactly. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I have a couple people, uh, the lender I work with, Mitzi, we have that relationship over the years where I can do that. Like she sends me a text message and I just say no. And she's so sweet. Cause she'll be like, Oh my gosh, I remember that you were doing this yesterday and how did it go? And I don't respond to any of it. And I just, the last question is about a real estate thing. And I just don't know and send it back. But because I know that she knows me and she knows that that means I'm in the middle of something else and I'm just trying to get her the information in a hurry. And later we can talk about the the fun thing I did yesterday. But yes, for the most part, I also (laughs) struggle with the like, oh, that's right. I have to like be more personable. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. The list is less important. I need to connect. Yes, I get it. I mean, it's so true. And it's funny you mentioned too, being ADD, you know, undiagnosed. I'm convinced I am the same. I mean, completely. Yeah. I think a lot of us entrepreneurs are though, like just that whole, 
you know, where we wake up one Monday and we're like, oh, I have a great idea. And God forbid we dump it on our team. And they're like, you want me to do what by when? And how did you decide this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, of course I decided it out kayaking. It was a brilliant thought that came to mind. And yes, we're going to implement it. <laughs> you should kayak more, by the way. Yeah. No, I do. And my assistant too, Jenny, she's so funny because I will text her at 11 o'clock at night sometimes and the most random stuff. And she's so patient because the next morning she'll send an email that outlines exactly like she's trying to get clarity because she's like, what? It was that. And I'm like, yep, hang with me. Yep. We're going to get it done. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's every entrepreneur needs a Jenny, though. I mean, somebody who can really like rein us in and I mean, bring us back to what the the steps are to whatever our ideas are, because I think, you know, I mean, if you let us loose, I mean, we can come up with so many ideas, but then getting them to implement this, (laughs) somebody does who's got some ability to go from A to Z and follow all those letters in the middle, because I'm like, well, yeah, we the A to Z. Let's skip all those stuff yeah, in the middle. You don't need that stuff. Exactly. Yeah, silly letters. <laughs> Focus on the Z. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes such a difference. The Guild is an insanely productive community of lawyer entrepreneurs with a growth mindset who share their collective genius and hold each other accountable to take their careers and businesses to the next level. But in 2021, we are upping the game. In addition to exclusive access to the group, FaceTime with the two of us, discounted pricing for live events, and front seat exposure to live recording and podcasts and video, we are mapping out for members the exact growth playbook with our new program, Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com. Have you ever read a book called Traction? It's about an an entrepreneurial operating system. You'd probably enjoy it because it it really is that interesting dynamic of a visionary and an integrator, you know, somebody who really can take your ideas and then run with them. Mm -hmm. But it's a really interesting idea to kind of help organize a business around, you know, having ideas come from a visionary and what do you do with them? Because it is like, I mean, it's like you throw that hand grenade when you're sending your 11 PM text. (laughs) (laughs) I sometimes feel like I'm volleying a ball, you know, like in tennis and I just sent a shot over and I'm like, okay, now what? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I have to admit, it made me think of this when you said it, sometimes I respond to emails with a question just so that I can be done with the email and now it's back in their court. Do you know exactly what I'm saying? Like it might be random. It might even be a crazy detail that I might, if I read the email again, understand, but I just don't have time. So I'm like, one way to do this is to just reply with another question. Lob it back. Here you go. Can you send this again? Because I don't have time and I want my email box. I'm with you. My inbox has got to be zero. Can't stand it. When something lingers in there, I'm like, no, 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 no. So yeah, that's a technique, by the way, for anyone watching, you can try. is just to reply back, trying to clarify something so that you can get it out of your inbox. Yeah. Funny. I mean, I have these crazy inbox rules, but I have to say they've been really helpful. And the more I verbalize it, the more I realize people struggle with inboxes. Like emails are a big thing. I have a do delegate or delete. 
I mean, like, so I cannot read the same email twice because if I am, I have not do delegate or delete. I have messed up. (laughs) It has really revolutionized my inbox because it makes me decide right then and there on the spot if I can do it. Now, the only problem with this protocol is depending on my mood when I'm reading determines whether it's a do for me or whether it's one of those others. That's right. (laughs) Yep. So I have to go back to the deleted file sometimes and find exactly. I should have yeah responded to. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, tell me, how do you juggle? I mean, being a mom of a young one, running a business, and then actually, I mean, because you're still involved, right, in the day to day business of selling property and buying property and all that, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We joke at Metropolis as the three owners, um, we joke that in order to have food with our meals, we have to still sell real estate. So we own a, we own a brokerage, but let me tell you something about brokerages. There's not a big profit margin in owning a brokerage. So you start a brokerage because you want to have your values be out there, but you don't start it to get rich or to stop selling houses typically. So, and also I love real estate. So just managing people that sell real estate sounds like babysitting and I'm not, I don't want to do that. I'd I'd love to help mentor them and, you know, help them along their way, but I don't want to stop being in the, you know, all the negotiating and all that. That's the stuff that really gets me going. Uh, But yeah, having a five-year-old and running a business, I have found that I thought I used to be efficient, but boy, howdy, am I efficient now? Because you have to be. So you have these windows of time where you like make your list and you're like, go, just put your head down and go because pretty soon, you know, Ruthie's home from school or I've got her. And I obviously had not had Ruthie, but got Ruthie as an older mom. And so one of my things was like, if I'm going to do this, I want to do this in my mind the right way. Right. Right. So when I'm with with Ruthie, I want to be present with Ruthie. And when I'm at work, I'm at work. And we don't mix those very often because they don't go very well when I do. Now, inevitably, uh, you know, in real estate, sometimes I've got Ruthie and I'm negotiating a multiple offer and here we go. And sometimes Ruthie will make jokes about it. You know, mom's on the phone again or whatever's happening. But I try to always give her the heads up like, hey, mom's got to work for a while right now. So let's get you doing something else. Right. But I will say that that's the one thing I realized is just that I have to be crazy focused when I have time to work because I have way fewer hours to get it done. There's no lollygagging or sort of, you know, perseverating, whatever that word is, or just no, no, when I'm at work, I'm like, go, 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 go. Which is partially why those emails of no, yes, no happen because I'm like, listen, I have got right this much time and that's it. It's so so true. I mean, to me, my only time that I get to really kind of lollygag is I love waking up super early in the morning. And then I feel like I can kind of think and I don't have my kid noise and they're all asleep or, you know, whatever. And I can just, I don't know. I find that good thinking time, but I mean, I like you, when my children were younger and around, I mean, it was such a bifurcation of work and trying to be a parent that was present. And I mean, it's 
it's a, a battle, you know, to, because there are times that it's really hard and your children really do need you and to be present and they are not quite as efficient because right. teenagers, I mean, there are times I'm like, could you just spit it out? Whatever you're trying to tell me here, but no, we're going to have to like drive across the town to a football game. And then right before you get out, you're going to drop the bomb on me. Like, you know, whatever you've got to tell me. And then I'm like, okay, I got to wait three hours for the football game to end and then, you know, get you back in the car. And it was like, okay, this was like a multiple hour event just to get you to tell me what you needed to tell me. Totally. It's, and, it's rough. I have noticed too, that when I'm in the car with her, cause I'm like, okay, she's contained in her booster seat. Right. And we've got somewhere we're going that I'm like, Oh, I can get on Marco Polo or I can make a few calls or whatever. But then I, one day I was like, I'm going to do a little experiment. And I didn't get on my phone and I just sat in the car and drove. And pretty soon, you know, Ruthie's telling me a story about right. this, that, and the other and asking me a question and showing me something out the window. And I thought, okay, it's not really cool for her to feel like she's in like a taxi cab, right? right. Like I'm her mom, like engage her when you're in the car and, and she's still young enough where she just wants stream of consciousness. And I just need to be present to pick it up. And if I'm on a phone call, she it's interrupted. Yeah. So I'm trying really hard, which is hard for me to just like be in the car. It's weird if you're so used to being on the phone in the car to just be in the car with your kid and just wait and just see what comes up for her. Right. But it's been really, it's been really good. Oh, I think, I mean, I think that is gold. And I, I think it is amazing. You figured this out at such a young age with her because truly your car time with your children. And I can assure you it becomes way more important. I mean, cause it's like big life things yeah. from like, you know, 13 on, I mean, they will like walk around snarly, you know, do that typical kid thing, get them in the car. And all of a sudden they're telling you all this important stuff. And, you know, you're trying to keep your straight face, not crash your car as they're, you know, telling you these things are telling you. But I mean, I have thought as a parent, the time that was the hardest for me was when my kids got their driver's license, because then I had to create these opportunities and really intentionally, because I mean, car time is just golden for adolescents and teens. I mean, they will, I mean, yeah, tell you some stuff. I mean, we've had some really interesting (laughs) things happen (laughs) in car rides and I'm just like, well, thank goodness I was here. Yes, exactly. Yep. Today, Ruthie told me that she decided she is going to get married after all. She did before she wasn't sure and that she was going to marry a girl because mom, I like girls. And then she said, well, I kind of like Marshall too from the Paw Patrol. So maybe it'll be a boy. And I'm like, yeah, either one, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. But these are all very important things. Yes. I mean, and she's got ideas. And I just think, I mean, it's so hard, but I think we all have to kind of slow that hustle down, especially when it comes to our parenting. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause I feel like so many of us entrepreneur types, I mean, we are hustling a lot mm-hmm. and in every direction mm-hmm. and being able to be a parent who's not on the hustle all the time and being present, like you say, just to catch these things that are happening and that she's thinking and seeing and feeling and, I mean, it's so valuable, but boy, I know it just doesn't come easy for you. I mean, cause I know how hard it is for me. There's times that I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I've got 22 things I need to be doing right now. Uh huh. Totally. But I'm just going to stop. I will say this too. It made me think that we're trying to teach new agents, especially at Metropolis, that this business can run you or you can run the business. And a lot of agents, I think even, you know, seasoned agents let real estate and sort of all the demands from their clients be in the driver's seat instead of them saying as a professional, here's the times I'm available. And certainly if we're negotiating a contract, I'm going to be more available, but you don't have to like not have a life to do real estate. And I remember a new agent that joined our firm was like, I just sat at my computer and stared at it. I sent an email to my client and I was just waiting for a reply. And I was just right, you know, and I thought, oh, dear God, like go take a walk, go do something else. Right. But really like there, it is a fast market, but right. so you can get oh. caught up in like, I have to do all these things. And the reality is you can still say, I'm available to show houses here. I'm going to bring on this listing here. We don't have to be in that crazy rushed sort of frenetic way of being in the world because that's not great modeling for your kid either. Right. Like right. watching you not have any sort of balance and be always like frenzied is a weird way to parent too. So, and I don't think that's just from being seasoned. I think you can start that practice even as a new agent or right. as an entrepreneur to say, how am I going to, am I going to run this business or is this business going to run me? So, and it's so, I mean, I know in our field of work, I mean, it's very similar deadline driven, you know, client emergency driven, you know, where things are happening and, it's hard. It is. I think it is a hard thing for people to navigate, but I think it's something we've got to think about. And I know for me, the pandemic was really helpful in this regard, being able to be at home more and see all the running around I was doing. And now (laughs) I'm like, Oh, I actually don't have to go to all those kind of meetings. I can do them by zoom, which buys me like hours of time that I'm not (laughs) stuck in traffic or doing whatever. And so, I mean, I've been really appreciative of the pandemic in that regard. I I read this thing about uh, Zoom fatigue. I know everybody's talked about it forever, but one of the things that they said, which I loved and I did it the other day and it was like life-changing was they're like, make a Zoom appointment and tell the person that you're going to do the Zoom that you're going to do it just by phone and no, no, like, you know, camera and then go take a walk while you're talking to them. Oh, wow. And I'm telling you, it, it was life changing for me. I was far more attentive to them because on Zoom, you're like, does my hair look good or what's going on? And I mean, it's so many distracting things. Plus, you're like on a video call, right? Forever. Yes. But, a, but a phone conversation felt like it was a more natural progression anyway. Right. And then I could be moving my body at the same time. So I'm, I'm knocking out my exercise, but I'm still having a one to one with somebody I want to talk to. Right. And I don't know. It was, it was great. That is awesome. That is a really smart idea. I mean, it, yeah, Zoom fatigue, I do think is real. I was reading something and it called, it was saying like, what word would we use to describe what people are dealing with now? And they use the word languish. And I thought that was fascinating <laughs> because I do think a lot of people, that's how they're kind of feeling, you know? And I think that, I mean, I don't know. I'm just very hopeful that people will be able to take what is positive from the pandemic and keep it moving forward, you know, Um, because I do think all of us have had, I don't mean obviously to underestimate all the trauma people have gone through with businesses or loved ones sick and all that, but some of the, you know, peripheral positive things have been, I think, important for us to take note of as well and be able to try to to hang on to those or make improvements even on them as we move forward. 
Because I know from a legal standpoint, I mean, we see clients spending so much on legal fees because we're not sitting in court waiting for hours for some inefficient system. I mean, we're actually hopping on the Zoom 10 minutes before a hearing and doing the hearing and getting off. And we didn't drive anywhere. We didn't. And it just saves clients so much money. So it's a real access to justice issue. That's cool. Wow, that's great. Yeah, Yeah. I just wonder sometimes how, I mean, how the ripple effect of how much will change in our daily practice because of this pandemic. And like you said, not to take away from the obvious like hardship, but to say there's always a silver lining. And wow, that seems like I'm more aware of the silver lining lately. Yeah, me as well. I really appreciate you joining me today. It was great to talk to you. Same, same. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And you enjoy the rest of your day. And I hope you get some fun Ruthie time later. (laughs) I'm sure I will. More fun conversations to be had. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks, Elise. Thanks, Jennifer. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Mom Podcast, a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. See you next time.